y'all. Welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. I'm Michelle. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, sisters. How y'all doing? Doing good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good today. How about you, McKemini? I'm good. I'm really excited for our topic today. I know I said it all the time, but I'm excited about the topic that we have on the table. <laughs> That's right. You just because it's excited. very relevant, I That's think, right. to everybody. I'm just exactly. I'm just an excited child. That's I'm excited. Right. Joy. Joy. <laughs> joy. 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 This is this is our strength. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so multi-generational homes are on the table today. So we're gonna probably, you know, um, vacillate between multi-generational and intergenerational. Well, you use those terms interchangeably, listeners, just so you know. Uh, But yeah, intergenerational homes are on the table because according to a 2014 Pew Research study, a record 57 million or 18.1% of the American population lived in multi-generational homes. This was back in um, 2012 that they began to um, see this trend, this upward trend. The number of multi-generational homes doubled since 1980, okay? So what is happening? Why is this happening? Um, and what, uh, interge- what defines an intergenerational home is one that has actually one adult generation living under the same roof. So one, just one generation. It could be... More than that, but definitely at minimum, it has to be one generation that's living under the roof. So, yeah, what what are your thoughts, y'all, on just multi-generational homes? Have you all lived in multi-generational homes? Do you have any own personal experience with that? Yeah. So I grew up in a multi-generational home and my kids, the first year of each of their lives, they were in a multi-generational home. Uh, mm. So when I was growing up, we lived with my paternal great grandparents and no my maternal man this is so confusing my dad's mom's <laughs> parents and so my paternal great-grandparents on my father's mother's side there you go. and my father's parents lived with us as well right. so we we lived with everybody and so we heard stories um i told the story before about how my great-grandmother told us about the long line of lynching trees on the road home to a uh, to a family reunion. She also once took her teeth out and put them in a Kleenex box and scared the <laughs> mess out of me when me and my sister went to blow our nose one day in the car. Oh my God. That's, I'm about. That's the kind of stuff you don't get that nowhere else but a multi-generational <laughs> Yes, there's a benefit. There's a benefit. That's right. Uh, so the the sweetness of living with the generations has has been one that there is no fear of aging. There's no fear of experiencing things and not knowing what comes next um, because you are learning from and being you're being with the people who have come before you. So right. there's a there's a really there's a special grace given to those of us who who experience those things. And I think it's also important to say the why of this trend, black people, Latino families, Asian families, come on y'all. They've been, We've been doing, doing this. Natives, for sure. <laughs> we, America, right, right. Mm-hmm. People of color been living like this. And so it's it's good to see the um, the rest of the world, quote unquote, 
get in line and realize its benefits, not just the financial ones, but the emotional, right. relational ones too. That's mm-hmm. good. That is good. How about you, C? Yeah, so multi-generational home. So I, I grew up in um, kind of like a four-person nuclear family minus mm-hmm. the dog um, <laughs> scenario. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, my parents, I think, very much wanted uh, my um paternal grandmother to live with us. I remember my parents' home still has like guest room on the first floor. Like if she ever wanted to come, she could live there. Um, but it just didn't work out that way. Um, but yeah, we, I always had a strong sense that you have to, uh, we're, we're deeply interdependent and you have to care for your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you think about scripture that talks about, you know, um, <laughs> you're basically worse, you know, worse than an unbeliever if you don't care for your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that's like for real, for real. Like, I think, <laughs> you know, you know, you know how we read significant portions of scripture and we're like, yeah, that doesn't really apply to us. Like, that's not our... <laughs> That's not our Western cultural context of, you know, what we're supposed to have. But no, I think like that's for real. Like you have to care for your parents. You have to care yes. for your parents. And if they're if they're really hard to care for because they're less, you know, difficult and ridiculous, then you just gotta find out find a way to do that from afar. But I think we are required to do that. Um and so now I actually live in a multi-generational household. My mother-in-law, my mother-in-love, uh, <laughs> live, lives with us and she has lived with us fully for, uh, just over a year, but had been coming back and forth. Um, a, a few, less than a few years ago, my father-in-law passed away. Um, and so that, you know, obviously that's still painful and, and just devastating. Um, I think her, her decision to leave the South and come move in with us, which we're just like, yay, was so that we, I think also so we could grieve well together, which I think we've, we've done yeah. and we're doing. And, um, and also she said that her house was no longer a home because a home is made up of the people that are in it. And she wanted to live mm-hmm. in a true home. And so she joined us in our home and in fellowship. And it has been a real blessing. Like I, um, yeah, I mean, she's not only a blessing to our household, but to our local church and to our community, mm-hmm. which is not her community or mine initially or ours initially, but she has made it um, kind of, you know, her community and has been a blessing to it already. So big fan of the multi-generational household. And my daughters get to see a grandparent like yes. every day. And yeah. as someone who spent a lot of time with my grandmother as a child, Honestly, I think there are things that she taught me or her way of being that stands out sometimes even more than things that my parents taught me. Mm. Um, Because I think there's just a hierarchy of influence within family structures. And there's something about grandma or granddad's words (laughs) and their ways that sometimes are even more striking than the words and uh, behaviors of parents. So that's been my experience. And how about you, Miss Akimini? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, and you know, Lovey's pad in your house is just like amazing. <laughs> like I yes. want to move in. <laughs> Every time I come over there, I'm just so blessed by her. Um, but she, yeah, yeah, I mean, she is. She really sweet as pie. Um, and so yeah, for me, my own experience uh, with multi generational homes. I did grow up in a multi generational home, uh, which I count as a blessing because I think a lot of uh, first gen um, immigrant children are not don't always get that luxury. Oftentimes, you don't often. Sometimes uh, there's some f- family members, some cousins that don't even know their own grandparents, you know, and some extended family that don't know their, you know, the, just that. 
that extension of their family because, you know, their parents came um, and decided to stay here and they never went back mm-hmm. to Nigeria. And so they've never been, so they didn't visit, you know, uh, so they've never actually met their grandparents. I've never known my great grandparents that they all were um, dead and gone before um, we even went to Nigeria to visit the first time. So I didn't know them. Um, and my, my paternal grand, oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, my maternal grandfather, I did meet when we went uh, to Nigeria in 1995. Uh, but I didn't live with him. So we only met him, you know, while we were there for that. I think we were there for a couple months. We were there for the summer. And so that was a nice experience. You know, I think I told you that my, my grandpa was a pastor and my grandma is the pastor's wife and my mom is a PK and it's, uh, mm-hmm. my mom's mom. Oh, yeah. My mom's mom actually, uh, came and lived with us in 89, she moved here after my dad got sick to come mm. and help my mom to come, you know, because my mom had to work a lot. Um, so, uh, to come take care of us. And it was such a blessing to grow up with my grandma. Uh, mm-hmm. she's actually my only surviving grandparent. Um, mm-hmm. now my, my, uh, my grandfather died quite some time, you know, a long time ago. Um, and I just lost my dad's mom died. A like three or four years ago as well. So, um, mm-hmm. my, my grandma and my mom, my mom's mom is, uh, her name is Eric. And, uh, she is just, I mean, on fire for the Lord, like a direct line to Jesus. If that existed, <laughs> that's, that's Call grandma. him up. Call right. him up. That Call is him. grandma. <laughs> like, for real, like, I think, um, you know, I think we could go into benefits, you know, um, in, in a minute, but I think one of the benefits is like, I, I mean, obviously I was chosen before the foundations of the earth to be in Christ, which is nothing but grace. Yeah. Um, but God uses people, right? Um, how can they hear unless somebody preaches the gospel to them? How can they come to faith without actually hearing the gospel? And my grandma planted those seeds so deep within us ever since we were little. My mom, my grandma taught us the Luther's Catechism because we grew up Lutheran. Yeah. Uh, so Luther's Catechism, she taught us the Apostles' Creed, uh, Psalm 1, and then she made us recite it in front of the church in Nigeria. You know, <laughs> you know grandma, grandma had to stunt, you know, in her most holy way. <laughs> like, <laughs> My grandkids know the scriptures. I was like, ah, it's a righteous rebellion. Exactly. America has not ruined them. (laughs) So, yeah, so when we went there, she made us, you know, learn Psalm 1 while we're there so we could get up in front of the church and recite it, you know, in our little poofy dresses as little girls. But, yeah, my grandma, I honestly, like, if you could credit salvation to people, like, it would be my grandma. (laughs) Like, if that was a thing. I mean, seriously, my my grandma planted seeds. I mean, upon seeds, taught us songs. We did devotions every night, um, singing together, praying. Like, and we still do that. So when I go home, which I'm going to go home mm. soon, uh, we do devotions. We said we've always done that ever since we were little, and I'm so grateful for that because that's something. Mm. If I do have children, I can pass that on to them. Uh, because yeah, I don't. Yeah. Man, I I just I don't know. That was such a huge benefit for me. My grandma was. Always in her word. I've never seen her like not read her Bible. I never seen her miss a day. Um, where she just, you know, she's always in her word for a good two hours. Then she'll come out, mm-hmm. come get her food, you know. Um, and yeah, she's getting older and it, it's, you know, and that's sad to see, but she's still here and she's with us, you know, she has, you know, arthritis and all that, but, but she's still running for Jesus. Um, still mm-hmm. wearing her head coverings to church. Like you can't, <laughs> no, she's, she ain't never gonna go into the house of the Lord without a head covering. That's Come that's on. grandma. I love love love, and always wearing a skirt. Always wearing a skirt, just like uh, your mom. And yes. like, yeah, always wear. Never will she oh, wear. She, yes. She'll wear pants like you know regular days, but to church, uh, uh-uh. uh, she's wearing a skirt 
always wearing a skirt. So, um, so that's my experience with multi-generational homes. That's something that is just natural in our community uh, to have your older parents come and live with you. That's mm-hmm. that's normal. That's just ingrained into um, the culture. Um, and I think I think that's it is that way for I think a lot of people uh, of color. So, mm-hmm. are there any like? Um, as I'm thinking, are there any drawbacks or benefits that you all, you guys are that come to mind for y'all? I, I I personally can't think of drawbacks, but do you, does anything ring ring a bell for y'all? You know, I you know I, I'm sure there are <laughs> drawbacks. <laughs> I think um, so. My husband and I were married like well over a decade, maybe 14, 15 years before my mother-in-law came to live with us. And I think mm-hmm. for us, that actually was a blessing. Like the timing of the um, of when in the stage of our marriage, we were able to bring another family member into our home, I think was really mm-hmm. important. I think had it been earlier on, we wouldn't have been able to solidify um, kind of a strong connection just between us and, and be forced to kind of right. not triangulate someone else into the things that we needed to work through, but instead to work as a dyad, like, hey, let's work on these things. Let's strengthen kind of our union. And I think because of that, bringing my mother-in-law in has been very healthy. People sometimes joke, particularly particularly folks who, you know, maybe have um, an antagonistic relationship with their in-laws. They're just kind of like, how can can you live with your mother-in-law? And I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on with your mother-in-law, but you probably... (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, the way you're talking about her, that's not going to help. Right. Wow. <laughs> you're going to need to show some honor. Wow. Yes. Right. Yeah. That, that will help. You know, that a little bit of honor goes a long way. And, um, really and mm-hmm. I, and I think that you have to let people know that, um, this space is theirs. I don't have a, there are, there are women who are very much like my home is my castle. Like my territory is my mm-hmm. home. I actually don't feel that way. I feel like my home, <laughs> I, I don't, I feel like my home is the dwelling place that the Lord has given me and it, it is to be shared. And so I'm not territorial. So what that, lo- yeah. yeah. So what that looks like is my mother-in-law comes in and she'll say, I think we should hang this over here. And I'm like, well, you know, enjoy that. Go for it. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. And she's like, I want to plant, you know, this in the front yard. And I want to do this. And do you mind if I do that? And I'm like, you can, you can paint whatever. that wall, whatever color you want to paint it. <laughs> you can, you can cook it. that, you know, buy the food that you want to buy and you can mm-hmm. p- plant those flowers where you want to plant them. And uh, in exchange for what she provides for our home, which is um, uh, a godly example, an additional yeah. godly example for my daughters and my mother-in-law and my mother as well are like, you know, we, we go back and forth about, you know, what is femininity and they are femininity in my mind, this, this strength, this, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. this satin that's over steel. And mm-hmm. my daughters get to see that uh, every day. And so I'm like, you know, do what you want to do with this, with this house, <laughs> this, this facility that we live in. Um <laughs> Because, right. yeah, because, pe- because people are what really make the home. And so I think if you're territorial, if you don't have a, a kind mm-hmm. of a basis about honoring your elders, you are going to struggle. And if you have an in-law that doesn't respect um, the importance of your relationship, maybe with your spouse, if it's a marital couple that you're coming into their home or vice versa, mm-hmm. then, then you are going to have some struggle- struggles. But I think if there's a high levels of respect and honor, then it, it really is a uh, an arrangement where there a lot of flourishing can take mm-hmm. place. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. How about you, Em? I'm very much along those lines. I love how the question is put out, you know, do you struggle with territory? Yeah. Because <laughs> that that will end up 
kind of deciding whether you have benefits or drawbacks sometimes. Mm -hmm. I do think that early on in early on in my parents' marriage, their um, some of their multi generational experiences were. I mean, without choice, there was no option involved. My mom's mother was sick, so she lived with them for a while. And then my father got called on active duty to, um, at the time, it was Cold War-torn Germany. Mm. And so we didn't have a choice. He had to go uh, over the wall, and we wouldn't go on with him. So we had to live with his parents. So there's sort of this early on relationship uh, tension where my mother is so straight laced when it comes to alcohol and my grandfather my dad's dad is so opposite <laughs> this man i mean they butt heads every day so i i watched my mom actually just walk around the house i'm thinking of your grandmother too akimini walk around <laughs> this tiny little apartment where you couldn't be territorial if you tried Right. And she was anointing the man's, all his bottles. She was anointing oh, stacks of inappropriate magazines. Oh. She was anointing the television. Uh, she anointed the TV. She anointed the remote control. Just speaking in tongues, walking around the house oh my God. every morning. And my grandfather, just, he didn't get mad. He didn't, I mean, he didn't even respond. He just, he was like, all right, whatever it takes. And my mom said, that's what it's going to take. And he said, all right. And he did his thing. And mom just knew. She just knew that with her faith in God, the Lord was going to turn all of that crazy into something mm. gold. And mm. um, as gold as the chains on his neck has now become his faith in God. And, and he attributes wow. a lot of that to his son bringing home what he calls a church lady. Mm. <laughs> That's, That's good. Right. Like I said, he raised my dad. Church lady. Right, right. And he raised my father to go find a woman a little bit different from that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, just a little. Just a little. <laughs> but he said, Lord, my son brought, brought home a church lady and is the best thing that's ever happened that's so cool. to our family. Um, and so very similarly, like if you think about territory and you also think about proximity, Sean and I, my husband and I have had funny and awkward stories. Um, I found out I was pregnant with our second child at my parents' house after I had had my first child, basically, like practically in their home, brought the baby home. And uh, Moses and Matilda have just grown up, waking up, jumping out of their cribs and crawling to Nana and Papa's room. (laughs) And that has been not only one of the most beautiful reliefs of my life, but such an incredible blessing uh, to where I would, I used to think, I don't feel like living under the accountability of sharing a home with the church lady. My mom's nickname mm. is the Holy Spirit. So you know how awkward it is. <laughs> I can't live with the colonel and the Holy Spirit. I can't do that. Oh my God. Um, and so if you don't like accountability, that's my challenge. If you don't like accountability, you might not want to be in an intergenerational home. Okay. Uh, because okay. when I found out I was pregnant with Maddie, and Moses was seven months old, I think. When I found out I was pregnant, my first thought was, my life is over. You know, I'm in yeah. seminary. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look good. I've, I hadn't gotten my shape back, y'all. My shoes wasn't fitting. That's all that mattered. Come on. (laughs) 
And I'm just weeping to my mother. And she just sat there looking at me. She didn't offer me a tissue. She didn't offer to buy me no shoes or nothing. nothing. She just sat there and looked at me like, girl, I'm, I am so sorry that your body is doing the incredible thing that the Lord's mercy and grace have made you a creative force. You a woman or a creative mm. force. And I am so sorry that you get to do one of the most creative things that is mm. at your disposal. Mom was like, not to mention, you didn't want to get pregnant. You should have thought about that before you and your husband went to sleep together. <laughs> well, <laughs> all the comments, that's, that's real all talk. the jokes. Real talk. <laughs> and that made me so mad that I thought if I didn't live with you, this would be different. But not two seconds after me getting mad at her, I thought, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Mm. Wake up. And I really don't know if that would have been right in my face, right down the hall, just in the kitchen, over morning coffee. Your tears that you're shedding over your own self-centeredness can actually be healed by that satin-covered steel, like C described Mm -hmm. it. That Mm satin-covered steel of having your mother in that space. So I, I really have benefited from it more than I see a lot of the drawbacks right. I could attribute to my own self-centeredness. <laughs> hello, hello. As we all can. We all can. I, yeah. My husband and I, we definitely treat each other better when we have a witness. So I, right. I, I you know, my mother-in-law is a witness to our tone, to our our looks, you know. You talking and to them kids different? Exactly. It's, it's almost like having a video camera in your house. And, mm-hmm. you know, I look, we need accountability. Mm-hmm. We all, we all need do. Account- <laughs> Nobody is above accountability and Amen. supervision. <laughs> so it's it's actually a means of grace. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's good. Yes, we all need accountability. All of us. Truth Table has accountability too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, ain't nobody above the law. Help us. I know. Help us <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, we do, we do y'all. Submit, we do. Submit to the authorities. <laughs> Help us. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, I love y'all talked about so much stuff. I know. Y'all know I'm crazy. So, <laughs> I, I, feel, I like you just that way. That's right. Submit. Submit all of you. One to another. And so. Yeah, um, that's what the word says. Y'all, y'all said so much. It reminded me of. Uh, and when you were talking about your, uh, your mom and your grandpa, it reminded mm-hmm. me of my grandma and my dad. My grandma was really close to my dad, um, mm-hmm. who was her son-in-law. And, mm-hmm. uh, till this day, when we go to the cemetery, which we go pretty often when I, you know, my mom goes often. Um, mm-hmm. but when I come home, I'm always going to the cemetery and my grandma cannot, I've never seen her get out of the car to mm-hmm. go to the gravestone. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Like, I, I don't think it's, I think it's fair to say, I don't think it's ever happened. Mm-hmm. And so like, she was so close to my dad. And so it's just, yeah, you just, so for me, the friction between, um, and this is not to, you know, put anybody out. I just, that sure. friction between in-laws is something that's very foreign to me. I, I've not witnessed that um, mm-hmm. in my, in my own home, you know? Um, and then I think about even my home currently, my mom's home, there's three generations there right now. There were four uh, because my cousins, uh, the last of my cousins came to America in 2011 and they on September 11th, actually, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, that must've been very stressful to travel here on that day, but they made it and they mm-hmm. just became citizens last month uh, in May. 
Mm. And so, uh, so they had three kids, two kids while underneath, under my mom's roof. And my grandma was elated because, you know, she'd been waiting for us to give her grandkids. She's like, please give me grandbabies before I go into the ground. <laughs> and I'm like, please, before I see Jesus. You know, I'm like, my girl, I don't know. I don't know what you want me. I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> keep praying, you know, praying. Like, I am, I'm praying every day. In fact, every day I'm praying. And so, uh, so it was so nice. I love that. It's just like that. I'm telling y'all. You remember, she'll tell you. And uh, she, it was so nice for her to have those babies in the house. Her grandkids, they just give her life, you know. And I, th- I really think that that's why she's even continued, you know, to be here with us. Not saying that she would have been gone without them, but it's really just. I don't know, just giving her a, a, like a new lease on life, if you will. Um, yeah. And so it's a blessing to have them. So, I mean, I don't know, drawbacks, I, I personally can't really see them. Maybe I guess would, I guess one drawback, if you want to think about it that way, is maybe kids having to grapple with death, you know, um, when that time comes and what mm, that looks sure. like, wrestle with that, you know. Um, so I guess that would be a drawback because uh, we all have to deal with that at some point. And maybe them seeing that at an early age and not having their grandparents or their other cousins or whoever else in that home, you know, that might, I would imagine that would yeah. be a hard thing uh, to have to explain and deal with with children. Uh, but that's the only thing I can really think of. But um there is a funny story. I have. I, I don't know if y'all have some funny stories to share. Well, M- Michelle, you just shared a funny one. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's actually was Stavit talking about the anointing and everything. I was like, yes, anoint everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think about there's this funny story, and I'll see if you guys have some funny stories to share. But uh, it's probably a little inappropriate, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now you're already committed to it. It's I'm like already committed to it, and hey, whatever. But this is gonna edit at will, and so. <laughs> So, uh, so being in a multi-generational home, right? You know, everybody watches different things. Mm-hmm. And so I came, uh-oh, uh-oh. Right. so I came home and from some break, maybe Christmas break. And my sister had uh, been living at my mom's house for a couple months right before I think she got married or before she moved to DC, something, some transition. And, uh, I think it was my baby sister. I'll put it on her. <laughs> so, <laughs> she was watching, I guess, Game of Thrones, right? This is her show. Oh. Watching oh her show too. Mm-hmm. And so she was watching Thrones. Game of Game of Thrones. And, and grandma, I guess, I don't know, maybe it was on DVR, something happened. And so she turned it off, maybe went to work out, and grandma went to go turn on the TV. Well, <laughs> uh, there was a sex scene up, right? Oh. And so <laughs> So my, my, I don't think I was not home. I think my sister told me this over the phone, and I was dying. I still die when I hear this story. And so my sister, she comes home, and my grandma goes, "What are you watching?" And <laughs> what? And, and, so, and so she's just talking about it, and getting mad. And so she's like, "That, that means uh, what kind of nonsense, right?" And okay. so, uh, and she imitates, she imitates the sounds. I'll say that, okay? No. Like, I won't get no. She imitates the sounds. <laughs> I died. <laughs> like, nobody knows how to shame you like grandma. Grandma yes. can just break you down. <laughs> Like, what are you watching? You know, my sister's just like, I don't know, Grandma. <laughs> you can't be grown. You can't live. You cannot be grown. You cannot be grown in a multi-generational home. You can't be. So, obviously, that is the funny story. It's hilarious. Okay. And, yes, I just, yeah, I had to share that story. 
if you can't watch it in front of grandma, what, what, there you go. There you go. Can you really watch it? <laughs> See, now that's that accountability piece. Y'all know. We accountability. accountability. So I don't know. That was hilarious. But and, and do y'all have any stories that maybe are not as crazy as mine? Oh, my God. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're, I don't think that, that they're necessarily that... Um, they're not, it's not a funny story. It's actually probably just the opposite. <laughs> it's just the opposite. <laughs> but, but I, I got just the benefit of having other wise adults in the home. And I got news one day, this is about a year or so ago, that a friend of mine I had discovered had passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. And when I saw, like, I, like, I like audibly let out a scream, like I was so sad. Mm-hmm. And my mother-in-law immediately picked up on what was happening swept in and pulled my children out of the home. Mm. And mm. and so that my husband and I could just process this loss and begin to grieve and just have a conversation. If she had not been there, my children would have ran in, of course, and been like, what's happening? Da, 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 you know, <laughs> bouncing all around and, yeah. and being the children that they are, which is an appropriate response. Yes, <laughs> like, are you exactly. okay? And so I just, I mean, it's just a real gift to have someone who has um, the wisdom and emotional intelligence to say like, okay, now you need... You need a break. Let me, let me, um, I've been noticing you mm. and let me create space for you to be well, which I think is a real, a real, a real gift. And I think, you know, we talked about in-laws and, um, yeah. oh, there's a lot of t- t- tension that people have. I think that in-laws can potentially play a really unique role as mentors in our lives. When I think about Moses and his father-in-law, yeah. there are things that an in-law I think can say, that sometimes a biological parent can't say, mm-hmm. or um, and they can it can develop into a mentorship and a friendship that that just feels and can look different mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. Uh, what we may even end up having with a, a biological parent. So I've been I've been really blessed, um, and I felt the same way about my father in law before he passed away. I mean, he was another father to me, right, right, um, and just a real gift for my daughters to see. Um, manhood as people who are incredibly caring mm-hmm. and funny and uh, condescending, like on the ground playing with children. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always thought my father-in-law missed his, uh, his calling, which was to be, was, which was to work for a toy company, mm-hmm. selecting the very best toys for children. Cause I feel like he just had a knack for it. the things we would pass over. He would be like, ah, they will love this. So, yeah, I mean, they, they really are a gift. And I think that we have to, we have the Lord gives us opportunities to love well so many people in our lives, but particularly our, our in laws and our extended family members. Um, so yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and I think that's uh, yeah. I always think about you know Ruth and Naomi. You know, in their sure. there's such a strong bond that spiritual. You know that just that that knitting that that spiritual covenant that they yeah. have with one another. Um, it's so powerful. I'm sure we'll draw out that more in further episodes, but yeah, that's, uh, such a blessing, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to have a, a good and strong relationship, uh, with our, with in-laws. Really important. It's a real gift from God, um, when, when that happens. So. Mm-hmm. I do want to thank uh, you ladies for sharing about your own experiences. And thank you. Homes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ended the show with a little Comedy Central for y'all. <laughs> 
Oh, a little peek funny. into a little peek into my crazy family. So, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It, it's a very fun spirited home. So yeah, thank y'all so much for sharing about you know just your families, your own experiences with that. And we want to of course thank our listeners for taking a seat at the table with us. And please share your own experiences with intergenerational homes, or even if you didn't grow up in one, are you now thinking about um, possibly you know um, entering into a multi generational home? Uh, if so, we would love to hear that. Do tweet us your thoughts um, and using the hashtag Truth's Table. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Truth's Table or email us your thoughts at asktruthstable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on the Satchel Podcast Player. Truth's Table is made possible by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth's Table. Bye, y'all.